0: What's good, fam? Normally, I do Facebook responses on Mondays, but I was a little under the weather. So we're going to pick it up here on Tuesday and we'll get right to it with last week. John Elway making the statements that he made about Colin Kaepernick. Now, everybody knows what's going on in terms of Colin Kaepernick's collusion case versus the NFL. John Elway came out and made a statement to the media that implied he offered Colin Kaepernick a job. After he was a free agent, long after the protest. And that's not true. John Elway approached the Niners and Kaepernick months before he ever took a knee in protest to to propose a trade in which John Elway wanted Kaepernick to take a pay cut. Kaepernick smartly said, no, if I'm making 12 million sitting on a bench for the Niners, why should I make seven million? Coming to play for you, knowing you need a starting quarterback. Why should I take that pay cut? But I think Elway was able to do what he set out to do by making those statements. I think he wanted to change the narrative in terms of public opinion about Kaepernick. He wanted people to think, and a lot of people do think it now, that he made Kaepernick an offer when he was a free agent. And that's just not a factual statement. That never happened. Here are some of your comments. Alton says, Cap was never in a position to make any demands. Cap was offered a job. He denied it because of the pay, allegedly. And now he's jobless. Can't blame Elway for that. You're right. Elway's not obligated to give Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick a job. But he didn't offer him a job. He proposed a trade months before the protest ever began. Kaepernick... Turned down the trade because he didn't want to take a pay cut. That's not the same as a job offer. Let's keep the facts straight. Tony says he wasn't offered a job, just like Mo said. Right, just like Mo said. Right. From the last show, I guess, Tony, but good looking out, fam. Johnson says John Elway's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Mo. Why would he have to lie? I don't know, Johnson, but he did lie. Or, or at a minimum, he misled. He did try to acquire Colin Kaepernick in a trade. But he didn't say that. He said Colin had a chance to come here and he passed. Right. He passed months before he ever started to protest. And after the protest, when he became a free agent, he was offered no jobs. Matt says, facts matter. The fact is, Kaepernick isn't that good a quarterback. The fact is, whenever someone says he's better than many quarterbacks in the league, that's just not true. Colin Kaepernick is trash. Well, Matt, I'll disagree with that. I think Colin Kaepernick, at a minimum, would be the best backup quarterback in football. At a minimum. I think Colin Kaepernick is... And I hate using this term, but it applies to a few guys. He's a very good game manager in the sense that on the right team, in the right offense, he can make plays with his arm and his legs. No, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the league. But just like Nick, Nick Foles was bolstered by a great defense and a good run game. That's when Cap had his most success. When he had a strong run game, he could play play action off of that. And when there was nothing there on his first or second reads, he used his legs. Colin Kaepernick definitely has the ability to be a starting quarterback in this league. And so you can use that saying, and it's a fact, he lost his job at one time to Blaine Gabbard. He did. He also got his job back from Blaine Gabbard. He also finished the season 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. That was at the midway point when he picked up. So to say that he can't play, That's misleading as well. He's starting to sound like a a little bit like Elway. Johnson says Elway didn't need Kaepernick. Elway has a great eye for talent. Maybe that's why he wanted Kaepernick to take a pay cut. I'm not sure that's a factual statement. The Broncos haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning. And that was that was old, basically washed up Peyton Manning that couldn't throw the ball more than 10, 15 yards in the air. They haven't had anybody there since that guy. Paxton Lynch, nah. Trevor Simeon, nah. They don't have any quarterbacks. And the fact that John Elway tried to trade for Cap, that lets you know he knew that Cap had starting quarterback talent. He just didn't want to pay him. And you can't blame Elway in the sense that he wanted to try to get a deal uh, and, and to get Cap to take a pay cut. The same way you can't blame Cap for not taking the pay cut. Matty B says facts do matter, people. He was a, he was in a position to buck the offer when it was for five million. He then already was going to stay in San Francisco. John Elway tried to get him, tried to get him on the cheap and Kaepernick chose to go another direction. Remember, Kaepernick was guaranteed just under 12 million on his base salary. Johnny Elway wanted to drop that down to seven million and cap declined. You can't conflate him trying to or conflate him turning down a trade for less money, not being picked up by a team a year later in free agency. Right. That's not the same thing. Turning down a potential trade is not the same thing as being a free agent and no one offering you jobs. Great point, Matt. Laura says if Kaepernick was the talent that a lot of people claim he'd be, he'd have a job in the the National Football League. I wouldn't agree with that at all, Laura. I'll say this. There's no question he's a talent. He's a proven talent. And it's not like he's 37 or 38. He's 30. And he's 30 with a body that isn't banged up or beat down. I think the National Football League, in terms of the owners and the powers that be, have made up their mind on Cap. And I don't think Cap's going to ever play in the league again. But it has nothing to do with his ability to play in the league. But I wish him all the best in his collusion case against the league. So let's move on to another topic last week. And that was Jason McIntosh. Greg Jennings. And of course, Rob Parker. That's the lover. That's the liker and the hater. And of course, they were debating with Fox Sports debates. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time LeBron. And this was. What was the ceiling for LeBron and the Lakers? And Rob Parker thought that the Lakers might not even make the playoffs. Greg Jennings thought they might make the playoffs, but then they might not, which is a typical Greg Jennings kind of answer. Here are some of your Facebook responses to their conversation. Rob Parker gets an award as a journalist just hating on LeBron. Some of his statements are irrelevant, hateful. Keep going, dude. Maybe you'll win an Oscar next. That's from Melody. I hear you, Melody. But I'll say this. Rob Parker can be a big-time LeBron hater. And it almost gets comical. But at the same time, he makes some really good points. The problem is they're so bottled up bottled up in hate, you kind of miss those points. Nisi said, if George Hill made the free throw or J.R. Smith made that damn layup at the end of Game 1 of the NBA Finals, they would be praising LeBron, in my opinion. If the Cavs took home Game One, they could have beaten the Warriors. In my opinion, if the Cavs had won Game One, they would have put in pressure on the Warriors. They would have actually made it an interesting series. They would have lost the series. But good point, Nisi. I hear you. Roy says Greg Jennings. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing at all. Tell me how you really feel, Greg or or Scott. Mr. Almighty says, All I hear is Jason McIntosh talking about how LeBron's playing chess and everybody's playing checkers. Well, all I know is he's three and six when it comes to chess. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, Josh says, Kevin Love is a bona fide scrub. I'm I'm not sure where we're going with that one. Uh, But okay, Josh, tell me how you really feel about K-Love. Dave says, why does Rob Parker even have a job? And Mickey says, anybody that thinks the Lakers are getting into the playoffs just because they acquired LeBron knows nothing about basketball at all. LeBron will fail. The Lakers will fail. They'll be in the lottery next season. Book it. Yeah, I don't see it that way, Mickey. I'm looking at a team that has Lonzo Ball, 20, Brandon Ingram, 20, Kyle Kuzma, 22, Josh. I almost forget his name. Josh Hart, 22. Caldwell Pope is 24 and Caldwell Pope is the old man of a young core. He's 24. They're all ascending players. Maybe Caldwell Pope might be the closest to his ceiling, but even if he is, He's a 24-year-old 3 and D guy. This is a guy that shoots the 3 at 38%, can pressure the ball, switch on defense, and in certain situations can put the ball on deck. Not to mention, for a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, 2 guard, he's a good rebounder. He averages 5 rebounds a game. Then you've got to realize Lonzo missed 30 games. Ingram missed 23 games. Ingram gave you 16 points and five rebounds last season. He also showed you the ability to create for others, averaging four assists. Not to mention what Kuzma can do as far as shooting and putting the ball on the deck. Kuzma gave you 16 and six. So you're you're taking this ascending core and you're adding the very best player in basketball, not to mention you're adding one of the toughest competitors of, of both ends on the floor when it comes to Rajon Rondo, a true floor general. You're adding those two elements to this young core that won 35 games. And you think by adding LeBron and Rondo, let's just say at a minimum, you don't think the Lakers will win 15 more games? I think you're wrong. I think not only do they win 15 more games, I think I've said this before, they're no worse than a fourth seed. And if they won the third seed, that wouldn't shock me at all. That's something (laughs) this LeBron hate, it can get crazy at times. I get it. But we got to bring it back to reality a little bit, people. Just a little. What do you mean, Moe? Says Faye. Why, why would we expect LeBron to be more successful with this Lakers team that's less talented than the Cleveland team he took to the finals? Faye, you have to stop that. Now you're starting to sound like Rob Parker. Matter of fact, I'm not sure this isn't Rob Parker with some kind of like fake Facebook ID or something like that. That Cleveland team is not more talented than this current Laker roster. It's older. It's full of veteran players, but it's not more talented. The idea that you really believe that this team won't make the playoffs. I don't know if that's you as a basketball fan or you more being a LeBron hater. Respect your comments. I disagree with them and I hear where you're coming from. Josie says, I lost all respect for LeBron James joining the Lakers. Um, I'm not sure why you would go that far, Josie, but I I hear where you're going. Look, he made a decision. He left Cleveland. And you can't say he went to a stack stack squad because that's not not, not what's going on with these Lakers. What he went to is a team that's still developing. Like I said, Caldwell Pope's the oldest guy of that core. He's 24. Everybody else is 22 and 20. So to say, say, say that he made a, a dumb decision or you don't get the decision, I think what he did is put it out there. He, he gave himself another challenge. And I think that his goal is not to just win a few games and be relevant. I think his goal is to still win championships. And I think that in time, as long as these players continue to develop and ascend or in free agency next year, Magic adds another star to go alongside LeBron and a couple of these young players. They're going to challenge for titles. Cedric says, LeBron's not the only reason that Miami got better. Why, why is it every time you hear Jason McIntosh talk, he talks about, well, wherever LeBron went, those teams got better. Well, look, if you listen to that, it, it is a factual statement. When he went to a 47 win heat team, They won 58 games. They got better. Now, the fact that he leaves out that he went to that 47-win Heat team that already had Dwayne Wade, he went there along with Chris Bosh, well, that's because you're trying to guide a certain narrative. It's sort of like the narrative where you say, well, the Cavaliers were garbage when he left. Sure, he was a superstar, the best player in basketball, and while they had good veterans on that, that Cavs team that he left, none of them were stars, so he was the only star. Not surprisingly, when he left, they became a lottery team. But the narrative is, well, when he came back to Cleveland, look what happened. It went from being a lottery team to being a title contender. Right. Because when he went back to Cleveland, Kyrie had established himself as an all star and he didn't go back to Cleveland alone. He just reversed what he did in Miami. He went to Cleveland with Kevin Love. And next thing you know, they had three all stars again, just like he had in Miami. Shockingly, they did very well. All you haters have always said LeBron would never go west. LeBron has proven you wrong his whole career, and he'll prove Rob Parker wrong as well. If you keep saying time will catch up to him, you will eventually be right 16 years later. He's still proving you wrong. If you keep doubting him, maybe you will be right in his 20th year, but he will be the all-time scorer by then. I'm sure you will say he scored the most points in the East. Take those haters and shove it. Chill on that one, Harvey. Jeff, Jeff, 2000. If LeBron is playing chess, then what exactly is Golden State playing? (laughs) Okay, Jeff, I hear you. Greedy Joe says, can't wait for the Lakers to prove everyone wrong. Who are these guys? Where's Skip Bayless at, the the true LeBron hater? Where's Stephen A. Smith at, the rider and the hater? He He said, you say you got the lover, the liker and the hater. He said, that's Stephen A. Smith all wrote in the one. You're right. I, I hear you on that. that, that I, you know what? I wasn't going to even bring that up. That was for We were going to do a show on that on another day. And we we still might. We still might get back on that. Dean says, LeBron's a loser. Uh, all right, Dean, that's just hate. You got to chill on that one, man. He is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. No, No matter what you think of him, as a basketball player, he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game and really because of what he's doing in the in his community he's a good he's a great ambassador for the game so i'm going to give credit where credit is due bruce says i think this is the first time ever that i agree with rob parker lebron only went to the lakers because he wanted an excuse for not winning another championship um, I've heard that narrative before, Bruce. I don't really agree with that. I think he 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 went to the Lakers because it, it is a challenge. He went to the Lakers, I think, partly to prove people wrong about he'll never go to the West. He went to the Lakers because he wanted to prove people wrong about the whole he went to a stack squad thing. This isn't a stacked squad. This is a developing team. It could develop into a stack squad, but that's not the same as Forming a, a, a trio with Wade and Bosch or with Love and Kyrie. So I don't think he went there for excuses. Are the Lakers going to win the title this season? Absolutely not. Are they going to contend and be a major player next season? I think so. I think they will for the, for, uh, for the next two or three years once they finish completing this roster. Nat Turner says... The only thing LeBron is playing is himself if he thinks he's winning another ring in Los Angeles with those trash Laker players. I disagree. Look, Nat, they're young players and they're still developing, but they're far from trash. And you add them you or you add to them the best player in the game along with a proven veteran like Rondo. I didn't even factor in what you could get from Lance Stevenson what Beasley can do as a scorer. Look, I, I I know on paper it looks like a ragtag bunch, but I think what pulls it together is kind of like that unique blend. You've got kind of like a young group, and you're blending in veterans. And the truth of the matter is, in the NBA, young teams don't win titles, mostly. Most, most young teams don't win titles. Te- teams with cores that are 25 and under, they don't win titles. Teams with veterans that are 27, 28, and maybe some young players mixed in win titles that's how it's always been i don't think it's going to change anytime soon so while you don't think the lakers are going to win a title and i'm not predicting that i think they're going to be relevant for the next 4 or 5 years and i think they will contend marsha x says mo do you do you think the lakers will win at least one title while lebron's there i do I think they will win at least one title, and they might surprise and win two. Um, I, I hate the fact that people try to write them off because we know they're not going to win a title this year in this first year. I think it's kind of a joke, though, that so many people in the mainstream media and, and the TV pundits have lowered the bar so much. That kind of annoys me. That 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 lowering the bar so much, and then when he reaches where you where he should reach you overpraise. LeBron is so polarizing because sometimes he does something and people underestimate him or they don't give him enough credit. And there's other times when he does something and they overestimate or they give him too much credit. If this Laker team wins 50 games, absolutely the key figure is LeBron James. But you shouldn't be amazed just because in August you were talking about the Lakers might barely make the playoffs or they might win 42 games. Or maybe it's just the fact that I might know more basketball than a lot of you pundits do. Because I already know, barring a major injury and no one can predict or foresee health, the Lakers are going to win 50 plus games. They're going to be no worse than a fourth seed. Trust me on that. Ike asks, Mo, what are your thoughts on what Colin Cowherd said about LeBron James and how analytics prove he's the greatest player of all time. Look if analytics if your is your narrative when you try to describe who's the goat or who's the greatest then you can use that narrative. Here's the thing though. How do analytics explain LeBron losing to the Mavericks with Bosch and Wade? I've heard the argument that Jordan never beat or never would have beat a 73 win team. Maybe. I'm not sure. But what I am sure of, if you give Michael Jordan, Chris Bosch, and Dwayne Wade, and the only star they're going up against is an older Dirk, they're winning that series and they're winning it easily. I do know that. I'm not here, even though I, I'm not here to tell you that Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. And I'm definitely not here to tell you that LeBron doesn't have the ability or the time left to to reach those heights. Um what I am going to say is and I'm going to stick to what it is is I think that Kareem is number 1. I think Jordan's 2 and LeBron's 3. Could that change? Certainly could. He has time. His story is still being written. And I know people want to point at 3 and 6 and so He's three and six, and it's a wrap. I disagree. What if he were to finish his career six and six? If he finished his career with six championships, even though he would have six losses, wouldn't those losses almost be more like bene- become beneficial to his overall resume because he would have had the six championships to go along with that? I- I'm just pointing that out. I- I'm not saying he's the greatest, but I am trying to be objective when you try to go out there. And make a decision on who's the greatest player of all time. And, and, And it is a subjective thing. You can make a strong case for all three. You can make a strong case for Magic Johnson. You can make a strong case for Bill Russell. Even though he wasn't the most individually talented player of all time. He was the backbone. He was the leader. The heartbeat of a Celtics team that won all those championships. The man has 11 rings. That's kind of like a drop-the-mic thing. You can even make a case for Wilt. And I know a lot of people say uh, they feel like Wilt could have done more. Go back and look at Wilt's career numbers. Even if you Remember, you're adding everything. So even if you add those last few years where his numbers kind of like came down because he got older and he took a lesser role with the Lakers, his career numbers, they're still video game-style numbers. And the man did win two championships. So it's not like he didn't establish himself as an iconic, great player. Calling somebody the greatest—that's that, a big—that's a big thing that carries a lot of weight. Colin Cowherd has been all over the map on this. He believes LeBron is the greatest, and Daryl Morey believes it. And analytics proves that numbers—the numbers, numbers say—if the numbers say it, then it must be so. How about this? Let's let's use another example of numbers. The Mission Impossible series, those six movies have grossed over three million dollars, six films. While The Godfather has grossed about five million or five hundred million, those three films. Now, the Mission Impossible series is, is a bigger series. It's got all this. It's got all the, the, the different. Uh, sound effects. It's got all. It's got all the different bells and whistles. Uh, it. Tom Cruise might be the biggest star in movies right now. The special effects are next level. It's the kind of movie that people. It's kind of movie that people get people excited about all the action and the violence. The Godfather has violence in it. Maybe not so much as action in it. The Godfather. There was only three films. So. Mission Impossible has six films. Mission Impossible has won no Academy Awards. It's bigger. It's made a lot more money. The numbers say so. But it hasn't won anything. The Godfather, with less films, has won nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture twice. What LeBron has done in his career is amazing. And he should get credit for that. What he's still doing in his career is amazing. And he should get credit for that. But just because you came up with something, they came up with analytics and you start breaking it down and you say, well, it says here that he's a 20 percent, he's 20 percent better than MJ on potential wins. The problem with analytics is and the flaw in that, that, that whole, that whole way of thinking. It doesn't take account For how the league is now, not just what the league is doing, but the rule changes, how the rules are played. As big and as strong and as powerful as LeBron James is, he's playing in an era where you can barely touch anybody, where you can't really be physical with them. So you can't be physical with any offensive player and any offensive player in this era, in this league that can put the ball in the deck and take you to the basket or attack the rim. They're effective. They're more than effective. Now take somebody like that, in a two hundred and sixty pound, six foot nine body, in an era where you can't hand check, you can't get into him. He's a dominant player. He's a great player, and I'm not saying you're. Tr- I'm not saying it in a way where I'm trying to downplay his accomplishments. I'm just pointing out the league that he's in. Remember what Harden has done. Harden is not some physical freak of nature, but Harden averaged thirty points in over eight to six. games. It's eight assists and six rebounds. Look what Russ has done. I've said this before. Russ did something that hadn't been done since the big O did it. He just did it twice. Yes, he's a great player. And it's a special accomplishment. But we're not going to turn around with a straight face and go, well, Jordan never did that. So clearly, Russell Westbrook is better than Michael Jordan. Kareem never did that. So clearly, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are better players than both of those guys. They're not. And they're talented, and they're both going to be Hall of Famers. But transcendent, neither one of them are. And while I think LeBron is transcendent, he's a transcendent player playing in a much easier era to be dominant in. You can be ball dominant even more so in this era because you can put a guy into the center of the floor, create any mismatch you want, and go 1-4 and let him go one-on-one downhill. I admire his accomplishments. He's fun to watch. And I think he has a real shot when it's all said and done to eclipse both guys. If he can add to his win total and not just numbers. Look, he'll never be the career. He'll never have the career scoring average that Jordan has. He won't. And He he may pass Kareem in all time points. He might. But there are factors. That people should look at beyond just numbers. Sometimes while analytics, I get it, those are raw numbers and you can chop that up however you want. Sometimes they're just plain numbers that just stick out in your face. You give me analytics and then I look at a guy who's won six finals MVPs. You give me analytics and you point out how LeBron's won three championships. And he's had nine attempts at it. There's nothing wrong with the losses because he's lost to some great teams. But I will say this, with the exception of last year and his and along with his very first year when he was with the Cavs, he went to battle with two other All-Stars in those finals. LeBron's won three. Finals. And he won three finals with Wade, Bosch, Kyrie, and Love as teammates total. Michael Jordan won three finals, retired, came back and won three more finals. To me, at its core, you can do analytics and talk about, uh, because, you know, because if you look at player ratings and just numbers, LeBron was one of the worst players in, in total defense in the NBA but the eye test if you really watch him play the eye test shows you that he actually can still play defense at a high level at different points in the game so raw numbers i get it i respect it i think analytics plays a part in how we view players i just don't think analytics when you start getting into that that room and you're talking about that penthouse of there are great players and then they're the iconic transcendent players. And when you're trying to decide amongst those players what the pecking order is and who's the best, you can nitpick or you can go eye test. I'm not the biggest Michael Jordan fan, fan but I've, I've watched him. Lord knows I rooted against the man enough and I lost. But look at his eye test. In the final 6-0, and oh, he beat Drexler, Magic, Barkley, Malone, Stockton, Payton. 10-time All-NBA First Team, Defensive Player of the Year, 10-time scoring. Think about this. He's a 10-time scoring champ, and he's a 9-time First Team All-NBA defense. I've said this before. The two things you need to ultimately do in basketball is get buckets and get stops. And he's the best. I don't think... He's the greatest of all time because of when I look at overall body of work, and I'm not talking about in the sense that Kareem's the all-time leading scorer. I'm talking about his basketball body of work. His entire basketball body of work is what makes him the GOAT, in my opinion. But I do respect everybody's opinion. And if you think LeBron's the GOAT or he's about to become the GOAT, I respect your opinion on that too. I don't have to agree with it. And maybe two or three years from now, I'll turn around and go, <laughs> He is there. He's that dude. He's that guy. But don't fall in love with something that Stephen A. Smith says, or the hater Rob Parker says, or the loving the lover Mac McIntosh says, or with what, what um Skip Bayless says, you know what Skip Skip, it's tongue in cheek. He'll tell you how great a passer LeBron is, and then he'll call him the frozen one or say he doesn't come up big. And I think he's already proven people wrong. He's come up big more than a few times but if I were going to simplify things I would do it like this if we and I'm just gonna put Kareem Russell Chamberlain to the side they're unique they're transcendent and they're they're kinda of different we're just talking about LeBron and Jordan so let, I'll do it this way same dinner table LeBron's been at that dinner table more times than Jordan has, but Jordan's eaten better. Feel me? That's how I look at it. In a bottom line, real simple way. LeBron sat at that dinner table six more times or three more times than Jordan has. And Jordan's eaten three times better than LeBron has. That's my thoughts on it. This is Facebook Tuesday, which will be going back to Monday again next week, provided I'm feeling good. Hey, Facebook fam, thanks for all your responses. They're always fun. Even when we disagree, it's still fun. Respect all your opinions. Keep sending in those responses. And I also know when I ask you to send in a voice response to the Anchor app, everybody's not comfortable with that. And to be honest with you, I respect that. So whatever is your comfort zone, as long as we're communicating, as long as we're going back and forth, I'm good with that. Thanks for looking out. Much love. This is the Cypher. Next time.